Well, good, good morning, everybody. Sorry, I had to go across and see Chris because there's no clock to look at, so he did carried on playing um, forever and ever. Um, welcome, everybody, to uh, this morning's uh, Holy Communion service at 9 o'clock. Uh, it's great to see everybody here, and, and also welcome um, if, if those of you who are kind of online as well. So we met here this morning to, to worship God, uh, to have fellowship with each other, to learn more about following Jesus, and, and how to live a, a life that kind of honours and, and is a light shining for him. So a few verses from Psalm 119 uh, to, <coughs> to kind of start with. Um, I went to the, the Tuesday morning prayer meeting and, and Mark read uh, these verses from Psalm 119 and they're really kind of super encouraging when we're coming to worship, I think, and coming uh, to meet God. So Psalm 119, verse 33. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. How I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, preserve my life. Those are wonderful words, I think, as, as we um, start our worship. So we're going to start with... <coughs> Our first song, which is Come Now is the Time uh, to Worship. If we could say standing now for our prayer of preparation, which we, if we could say this together, that would be great. So, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, 
and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. And worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to, to sit, that would be great. So uh, the theme for this morning's service is uh, the Pearl of Great Price, and uh, John Langridge um, is, is going to be speaking. I'm looking for John. He was sitting over there. Oh, right, he is. <laughs> so thankfully. Uh, and after this service, there's the all-age service at, at 10.45. And if you can stay for that, uh, that would be great. Um, it's a special one because there's a baptism as well, and we're expecting kind of lots of visitors to, to come that we can kind of chat to and, and, and talk to as well. So if you can stay for the 10.45, uh, that would be super. Um, and one or two other things to share um, before we move on. So Carolyn's got a few words to say. in the living room, Illuminate, the Christian bookshop in town, is coming along with um, books to do with Christmas, so, and Christmas cards, Christmas cards, calendars, things to do with Christmas, children's books, and um, they will be there from 10 till 12, and everybody is welcome um, to come and see what Illuminate have got and also to join us in coffee if you want. Thank you. Super, Thank, thanks a lot, Caroline. Um, just one thing for me, um, one of my jobs as, as warden is to put together the rotor, or one of the, one of the many rotors, to be honest, um, for wardening, for kind of serving at communion, and for welcoming. Um, and, and just to say, if, if anybody would like to join that rotor, um, especially for welcoming, that would be really hugely appreciated. We've got a great team, um, but you know, the more people are involved um, would be super just to kind of welcome people as they come into church. So if you feel you're able to do that, it does mean getting here uh, a bit earlier, obviously. Uh, you can't walk in in the last couple of minutes and sit down, um, but it would be great if, if some people would be kind of able to, to, to volunteer for that. Um, and before we sing our next hymn, Sue wants to say something. Right. <laughs> now I can reach the microphone and I can see everybody. Today is Safeguarding Sunday. And coming at the halfway point between the APCMs, it is a timely reminder of the importance of safeguarding for all of us here at Christchurch. When I went, underwent safeguarding leadership training last year, one of the tasks was to study and reflect upon Psalm 91, which I will now read to you. Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the, Lord, the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. In this psalm, God is portrayed as a refuge, a fortress, or in 21st century speak, a safe space. Because of his infinite love for us, we can turn to him in times of trouble, when we are fearful, and when we are in serious difficulties. He is a sovereign protector. So, as his people, we need to seek to become more like him and together continue to make Christchurch a safe space for all who join us, whether it be at church services, sunbeams, coffee in the living room, home groups, school visits, anything. Let us mirror God's love, understanding and forgiveness Church needs to be a place where both the abused and the abuser can come for healing and can experience how God loves, how God is faithful, and how God delivers. Thanks very much, Sue, getting, getting rid of that as well. <coughs> Um, the, the kind of podium reminds me of the first time I spoke in a school carol service. I was asked to do one of the, the readings, and I was so little, I, I, they couldn't see me over the, the, the top of the pulpit, so I had to have one of those to stand on. Um, should we just have a short time of prayer, just, not just for safeguarding, for, for, for other activities that are happening as well? Coffee in the living room, sunbeams, and, and others. Oh Lord our Father, we praise you that <coughs> you are our God, that you are with us, that you have chosen us, and that through your spirit we have been called to become your children, knowing our salvation, knowing the forgiveness that you shower upon us. And we thank you, Lord, we can come to you in prayer. And, and Lord, we, <coughs> we've, we've already prayed for your, this, this time of worship this morning and, and, and the service at, at 10.45, but we also pray for the other activities in the church that are happening during the week. And pray, Lord, for... Um, the, the food hub and sunbeams on, on, on Monday. Pray that you'll bless that. Thank you, Lord, for coffee in the living room and, 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 and the, the large number of people that come to that. And pray that you'll bless that, Lord, um, on, on Tuesday. Other activities like the, the, the Missionary Action Group and prayers there and prayers throughout the week, the home groups. 
uh, and other things that are happening in this building lord we do pray that you'll bless them and and, and give give us an opportunity lord to talk to those who don't know you about coming to the lord jesus christ and lord we pray that all these activities will be safe for everyone and and, and we thank you lord for um, all the thought that's gone into this huge issue of safeguarding over the last few years and and the realization that, that we have this responsibility to make sure that people are safe when they're in this building and when they're they're talking to and interacting with your people so lord we pray for sue in particular and and, and peter as they kind of lead on the safeguarding and pray that you'll bless each one of us lord and, and help us to be aware of the need not just to make people feel welcome but to make people uh, feel safe as well pray for the diocese as well that, that has a, a huge supportive role in safeguarding and, and, and making sure that all can come to you and <coughs> lord worship you and be your children thank you lord amen um, our, our next song is Oh for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. I, I, I grew up in a Methodist church in a small village in, in Devon. And I remember singing this and thinking, when on earth will it end? Because it kind of goes on forever and ever. Um, but when I became a Christian, I thought, well, it would be nice if this hymn was a bit longer. Uh, so uh, let's sing Oh for a Thousand Tongues to Sing.
So, if we could now um, come to uh, a time of repentance. So, I'll say the words in, in kind of less bold print, and if you could respond with the words in, in, in bold print. So, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked abandon their ways and the unrighteous death thoughts. Turn back to the Lord, who will have mercy, to our God, who will richly pardon. And then if we could come to this confession, as, as, as the humble poor coming to God. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. And may the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins and restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please, please do sit. And now I think Pauline is going to come and give us our reading from Matthew, <clears throat> and then John will come and speak to us. reading is from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, reading in chapter 13 from verse 44. It is on page 980 in your Bibles. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought to that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. And just a short prayer for, for John. Oh, Lord, our Father, we do thank you for John and thank you for the gifts you've given him in explaining and applying to your word to us. And, and pray, Lord, that you'll be with him now and, and give us all attentive hearts, Lord, as we listen to what your spirit has to say to us through him. Amen. Oh, good morning. Um, if you're sat behind scaffolding and you want to move so that you can see me, um, if you'd rather not see me, I suggest you go and sit behind the scaffolding. Um, that, may, that may be better. Yeah. Um, well, here we are, two well-known but rarely preached parables. 
I um, don't remember hearing a sermon on these two short parables, and I'm pretty sure I've never preached on them before. And I wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. They're often referred to in passing, but very rarely the focus of a sermon. Um, why? I mean, are they too short? So not, not, not enough action in it. There's nobody getting beaten up on the road to Jericho. No bridesmaids missing the wedding. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Are they just too simple? Maybe it's the repetition. Two parables just repeat the same thing. But do they? Hmm. Whatever. I intend to put right this neglect today. We're going to focus all our thoughts on these two parables. The kingdom of heaven is like. And these two parables are part of an extended passage of teaching by Jesus about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like, it's like a sower. The kingdom of heaven is like weeds sown in the garden. Uh, it's like a, a mustard seed. Each one of these little parables, these little stories, gives a different flavor of the activity of God at work in his world. Establishing and extending his reign over his creation. Each little picture shows what God is doing and how he is doing it. In the first of these parables, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. So, firstly, it's a treasure. It's really valuable. It's of great worth. Why are things valuable? Well, some are valuable because they are useful but not easily available, like uh, a rare mineral. Some things are valuable because they are beautiful, like a painting or a sculpture. Perhaps they are incredibly beneficial, like a new medication. There's one out now for cystic fibrosis, which costs £100,000 a year per patient but it's bringing incredible relief. It's valuable. My, sort of, my argument sort of falls down because I can't think why footballers are so valuable. Why are they worth millions? Of, I, I can't fathom it. There's no reason to that. But the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. It's valuable because it brings a restored relationship with God. If we become part of God's family, we have a, a peace with God. We have a purpose to life. We have hope for eternity. We have joy and strength for the present. These are wonderful, life-changing things to discover. And this treasure is also, um, it, it's rare. There is no other way to have these things in life without Jesus in your life. It's rare, it's precious, priceless even. And then we read that the treasure is hidden. And I don't think this means that God has deliberately made the good news of the kingdom a secret that's locked away. I think it means that 
many people are blind to see what is there right in front of them. I'm sure we all know people who ignore or discount the gospel as worthless as, oh, you don't want to bother with what stuff, even though they've never explored it. They're blind to it. We once visited our, our, our friends in the States in their, their church, and it was a great big church, and there's this big wall at the front. And there was just the faintest outline of a cross. You know what it's like when you take a picture off the wall, it's been there a long time, you can see the sort of outline of the picture because sunlight's faded everything, but the paint behind the picture still, it was like that, as if they'd taken a cross away. Maybe, I don't know, they'd clean it or something. And I asked them about it, and I was told that it was quite deliberate to highlight that the cross, the good news, was there for those who would see. Those who are seeking truth, those who seek or will or are attentive, they will find it. But some people just don't bother. There's treasure hidden in a field. And the first parable concludes with what happens when someone does discover this treasure. He comes across it, he goes, he buries it again, he goes off and he sells all that he has and he buys the field to secure the treasure for himself. Doesn't that sound sneaky to you? Have you thought, have you ever thought, what well, he should have told the landowner. That's what would have happened in this country. You know, the detectorists, they go out, and the landowner gets a share of whatever they find. Well, rest assured, Jesus is not encouraging greed and theft, okay? Under Jewish law, finders keepers applied. So it was quite, he was quite within his rights to buy the field and take possession of the treasure. But the key here is not the technicality of the law, but the fact that this treasure was worth everything he had. This parable tells us then that this treasure, the kingdom of heaven, knowing Jesus, joining his family, is so valuable that it surpasses anything else in life which you may think is important. It makes sense of life. It gives purpose to life. We have support and strength and grace for whatever life throws at us. We have sure and certain hope of eternal life. If you know Jesus, all this and more is yours. And these are riches worth having. And when you begin to understand how rich you are in Christ, discovering and enjoying all that Jesus has for us quickly becomes the priority. And then we find every part of life is enriched through knowing him. It's weird, isn't it, that people think of Christianity as full of condemnation and thou shalt not. You've got to live a dull life devoid of any pleasure to be one of those Christians. If only they knew. Friends, knowing and following Jesus is an adventure. And you know, everything that all those other things claim to offer you, but don't, things like satisfaction and fulfillment, you know, wear the right perfume, drive the right car, you know, life would be great. 
All the promises they make are false. But this promise in Jesus is absolutely true, 100%. But let's move on to the second parable. Excuse me. The pearl of great price. Is this just a repeat? Is it the same meaning, just different words? Because if so, we've got it already covered. Put on the coffee, we're done here. (laughs) But is it? It's not like Jesus to repeat himself like that. He's very concise. He doesn't waste words by repeating himself. Each of the kingdom of God sayings reveals a different truth. The pearl of great price says something different to the kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field. And if you look at it, it doesn't say the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl. It says the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for a pearl. Hmm. It's the seeking merchant is, is who is somehow the picture, picture of God at work in the world. And I, I think, I think this is a picture of Jesus. Now, I see eyebrows going up and people looking at their Bibles and scratching their heads and, mm, but bear with me. If you reflect on it for a moment, you will recall Jesus saying things like, I have come to seek and save the lost. Or in the parable of the lost sheep, the rejoicing at the end is not because a lost sheep found its own way home, It's because the shepherd went out and found it. This is God at work in the world, not waiting passively for people to find him, but in Jesus seeking those who are lost. And here we're touching on mystery. Do we decide to follow Jesus? Or is it Jesus who chooses us? The answer, of course, it's it's both and. We decide and he chooses. How it works, we cannot tell. It's a mystery. But Jesus, he says things to the first disciples like, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you. Peter, writing to the first believers, twice talks of us being chosen by God. And this is this mysterious truth. And I don't want to use the word predestination because I don't understand what it means, but apparently it's something to do with this. But this is the truth that this parable touches on. That God is searching for us. And it's interesting, isn't it, that the two parables together... Bring, bring out this mystery. The first one is about somebody finding and deciding to, that's the treasure that I want. And the second is about Jesus searching for us. The two things are brought together. Jesus comes seeking the lost. 
And just like the merchant, when he found us, he paid a great price to redeem us. We are the pearl of great price. And in an expression of the depth of his amazing love for us, Jesus paid the greatest price of all. In Galatians, Paul writes of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now just put your name in there to see how amazing this is. The Son of God who loved John and gave himself for John. Do you see how precious you are? You are the pearl of great price. Jesus came looking for you and gave his life to redeem you. There's a, a song by Graham Kendrick. It's, it's one of his early songs that is not for congregational singing. And it poses the question, uh, what are we worth? How much do you think you are worth? How do you decide someone's worth? Is it to do with their age or their ability or their social standing? And it goes on to say, do you matter? There are billions of people in this world. Why would you matter? Do you matter? And then the song says that your life has been valued and a price has been paid for you. And it uses the, the expression very poignantly. The price was paid on the nail. And he has this wonderful phrase. He said, Jesus was held to the cross, not by nails, but by love, as he paid what he thought you were worth. That doesn't, sen doesn't make sense to me. I mean, not, not, not that, you know, you weren't worth him, but, but me, for me, I, I don't understand that he paid what he thought I was worth. I, I, it, I know what I'm like. I'm deeply flawed in so many ways. And in the grand scheme of things, amongst the billions of people in the world, I'm pretty much worthless. And yet, the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. And that's true for you too. And that's true for you too. You are precious to Jesus, a pearl of great worth. And he loved you so much, he paid the highest price for you so that you might have a relationship with God and enjoy all the blessings that he wants to pour out on you. May we understand this truth in our hearts and our minds. Amen. Thank you very much, John, for such a, a super interpretation of those, those two parables. That was, that was great. Um,
And John has chosen the next hymn, which kind of reflects on, on the message that, that uh, <coughs> he, he got from God for, for, for that passage. And it's The Price is Paid uh, by Graham Kendricks. So if we could all stand uh, to sing this song.
if you are able to stay standing for the, the creed, please, um, please do so. If, if it's more difficult, then please feel free uh, to, to sit. Um, this is a long one. I think it's the Nicene Creed. I, I love it um, because it, it, it's such a, a firm declaration of, of, of what we believe. So if we could say this uh, firmly and together, that would be great. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Uh, we are now going to have uh, a number of, just a few prayers of, of intercession. Um, if, you, if you do want to sit, please do. <clears throat> um, on, on Wednesday, no, no Thursday, sorry, um, Eleanor uh, and, and others organized a, a kind of a, a super quiz um, for, for Tier Fund. Um, our, our home group came second, which was great. Uh, but it just led me to think that maybe prayers of intercession today could focus on uh, global poverty. Um, we, we saw a little kind of YouTube clip about Tear Fund and, and uh, with some statistics about the numbers of, of people living in, in really abject poverty on, on less than $2 a day. $2 is about pound eighty. You couldn't even buy a cup of coffee in Costa or... Um, uh, any other coffee shop for that. Yet some people have to live on that. Um, over half the population of, of uh, the 8 billion people in the world we have now live in poverty. So, and, and we can pray for Christian organizations like, like Tear Fund, Christian Aid, and World Vision uh, and others. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to, to kind of lead the prayer. And <clears throat> there'll be a short silence after that for you to, to kind of bring your own prayers to God. And then Susie, I, I kind of collared Susie at the beginning of the service to come and, and also pray because she has a kind of first-hand knowledge of poverty, especially in Africa. So shall we, shall we pray?
Oh Lord, our Heavenly Father, we, we praise you that we can come to you knowing that you hear our prayers and having that great confidence that you will answer our prayers. And this morning, Lord, we, <clears throat> we bring those before you who are much less materially wealthy than we are. We, we, we thank you for all that you've given us, but we know that in this world, over, over half the people living in this world live in, in abject poverty, Lord. And, and we do pray for them. And, and we pray in particular for the churches that, that work with, with those people. Lord, we, we don't know the challenges of, of having faith in you when, when we have so little. Maybe it's very easy for us, but pray for those Christians, Lord, who have very little and yet have that strength of faith to believe that you are their God, that you're caring for them, that, that you're loving, loving them. And Lord, we, we do pray especially <coughs> for those organizations seeking to help people live better lives, Lord, help better have better access to, to food and, and to water and to shelter and to safety. Pray, Lord, for Tear Fund and, and the work they do. I, I forget the statistics of, of the thousands of people that Tear Fund help, but pray for them, Lord, and, and pray for all those who work for Tear Fund and other organizations as well, like Christian Aid and, and World Vision, and maybe individual churches not, not attached to, to kind of big um, <coughs> uh, aid organizations that support missionaries in, in different parts of the world. Lord, we, we have missionaries that, that we pray for, and, and maybe in the silence after this prayer, we could bring them before you in prayer as well, that, that no different kinds of poverty in Lithuania and Nepal and in South Africa and, and other parts of the world too. And so, Lord, we do pray, and, and pray that you'll help us to play our part, because there's an increasing realization that the lives we live sometimes depend on causing others to live in poverty. And, and that's truly terrible, that, that our neighbors are not just the people living next door to us, but other people are our neighbors in, in Africa, Asia, the poor in different parts of the world, the downtrodden and the impressed, oppressed. And, and help us, Lord, to play our part, not just in giving money, but, but looking at how we live our lives. So we, we bring organizations, people to you, and churches to you, Lord, who are working amongst those in poverty. Amen. So if we could just, in the silence, while Susie comes up, just think about, bring, bring people we know, in this country, but especially overseas, to you. Lord, as we consider poverty, you, you remind us of your word, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, we acknowledge poverty in the material world, but poverty comes in many shapes and forms, and we pray for the poor in spirit, who have not yet heard your word, who have not yet seen you, or come to understand that you are their salvation for life eternal. So Lord, I pray first for those that are campaigning, those who are evangelizing, those who are serving in mercy ministries, 
and proclaiming your word through their acts of generosity and help and kindness. Lord, we pray for the name of Jesus to go out even more across the earth, that those that are poor in spirit would become rich in spirit, regardless of their material wealth or poverty. We pray for the name of Jesus to be heard, to be understood and to be received today. And we pray for your blessing on those that seek to declare your word, whether it's officially or unofficially, whether it's in strange ways that we couldn't comprehend, but we pray for the name of Jesus to be proclaimed today and to be heard in even greater measure than we can comprehend. And Lord, I want to pray particularly for those that I'm aware of in Kenya and for those who I have no idea about in the rest of the world, those who are encountering famine. We pray, pray for famine relief to reach unexpected hidden places. We thank you there's so much already going on through so many organisations, but Lord, I particularly want to pray for those that are overlooked and neglected. And I'm thinking of people up in the northeast of Kenya who've been overlooked and who are very hungry, even today. Lord, as I know about those people, you know all the rest that are hidden away. And we ask, Lord, that they would be seen and reached with food and supplies that they crucially need, especially in forgotten war zones or places that are seemingly too difficult to reach because of war. And Lord, we know so much about Israel and Gaza and the Ukraine, but there are many other places in the world where there is war, like the Sudan, and places we don't even know about. And we ask for breakthrough in famine relief in the hard and hidden places, as well as those that are obvious. And Lord, I finally want to pray for those that are in churches, in local areas, in strange places, in known places. Lord, we pray for the proclamation of the gospel in our own villages and towns. And Lord, for the proclamation of the gospel in desert places, in valleys, on mountains, everywhere, Lord, where those that you are looking at know and calling to yourself that they would hear your name and know how to respond. And Lord, that they would know that you are with them through how you bring provision, whether it's practically or miraculously. And Lord, let faith arise around the nations. Let your word be heard and let faith arise and hearts respond to you. You are the giver of life in spirit and in truth and in food and clothing and water. Let your name be heard and responded to today and in the days to come for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So it's, it's the time in, in our worship to, to share uh, the peace with each other. Um, and if we could do that, as, as, as we always say in a kind of COVID-friendly way, so if you uh, feel kind of unable to kind of uh, move around, then just please don't, don't, don't worry about staying still. Um, 
And, and, and just remember that when we share the peace, when we say the peace of the Lord be with you, we're, we're kind of almost saying a prayer over the person that we're saying the peace to, that God's peace is, is with them. So let, let's do this in a, in a, in a meaningful and, and great way, sharing the peace with each other. So the peace of the Lord will always be with you. So let's offer each other the sign of the peace. So we have one uh, song to sing before communion. Behold the Lamb of God, the Lamb who bears our sins away. It's a super, a super song to lead us um, into sharing the bread and the wine.
going to use Eucharistic prayer G. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessed are you, Lord God, our light and our salvation. To you be glory and praise forever. From the beginning you have created all things, and all your works echo the silent music of your praise. In the fullness of time you made us in your image, the crown of all creation. You give us breath and speech, that with angels and archangels and all the powers of heaven, we may find a voice to sing your praise, saying together, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. How wonderful the work of your hands, O Lord. As a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced her people as your own. When they turned away and rebelled, your love remained steadfast. From them you raised up Jesus, our Saviour, born of Mary, to be the living bread in whom all our hungers are satisfied. He offered his life for sinners, and with a love stronger than death, he opened wide his arms on the cross. On the night before he died, he came to sup with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He gave it to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. At the end of supper, taking the cup, Again he gave you thanks. He gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Father, we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. We remember his dying and rising in glory, and we rejoice that he intercedes for us at your right hand. Pour out your Holy Spirit as we bring before you these gifts of your creation. May they be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy things in your presence, form us in the likeness of Christ, and build us into a living temple to your glory. Bring us at the last of all the saints to the vision of that eternal splendour for which you have created us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom, with whom, and in whom, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. 
Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one. Because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. And so we continue our normal custom of sharing the bread from the middle table and the wine from either side, and the non-alcoholic wine will be on that side of the church.
body of Christ, keep you in eternal life. Amen. And the blood of Christ, keep you in eternal life. Amen. So we'll pray the prayer together following communion. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. And let's lift to those. Uh, those to the Lord who can't be with us here in church today. Father, we lift you those who are unable to be with us in church this morning. You know them, you love them, you know where they are. Uh, we pray that you, Holy Spirit, will touch them right now. Give them strength and peace, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our final hymn is Love Divine, all loves excelling. Please stand to sing.
But thanks to all who took part this morning from the sound, the music, <coughs> um, the prayers and, and, and the other um, aspects of the service as, as well. It has been great to be here this morning worshipping God and having fellowship uh, with each other. So thank you, thank you Lord as well. So may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.